Marketing That Matters podcast, casual conversations for purpose-driven people. Each episode, Alicia and I will talk about a topic that's grabbed our attention and something that's bringing us value. We look at things with our marketing hat on while keeping things light and fun. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Alicia, how has your week been? It's been good. I've actually had a realisation of how we can be everywhere without having to be anywhere, (laughs) (laughs) which is so classic for this year, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, We can't go anywhere, so yes. (laughs) But listen to this. I follow these two girls on social media called the the Rybika Twins, R-Y-B-K-A Twins. Right. And they have (laughs) 1.1 million followers on Instagram. They live in Perth. And I know they haven't been travelling for over a year because, look, no one's leaving Perth. (laughs) They did a poll today of how many people are in winter and how many people are in summer right now. And obviously I hit winter thinking, yep, they're in Perth, like it's going to be major for Perth. Surely lots of their followers will be in Australia at least. Like, okay, maybe not in Perth. Nope. When I hit that winter, 2% were in winter. (laughs) 2%. Wow. I know. Everyone else was in summer. And it just made me realise the power of tech, that they are have not been anywhere, that they are com- in a completely different hemisphere as a people who watch them and engage with them. And they are still having all this engagement. You don't have to show up in person. You just need to show up online. So that has just made me realise just incredibly how small the world can be if you put yourself out there. And tar- you could target anyone in the world from on, Perth. So on this topic... Do you know our podcast ra- has been ranking in the marketing charts in the Czech Republic? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go. We Republic. are just like these girls, basically. <laughs> but in the Czech Republic, not America. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Little fun fact for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all from Perth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at all us Perth people. I'm not comparing myself to the rest. <laughs> I don't even know who they are, so I'll compare myself to them. <laughs> oh, my God. I've actually sat at a restaurant across from them before. It was like a little Greek restaurant in the North Bridge. And, yeah, they, were, they, they did. They looked very um, – they had a lot of money <laughs> for, like, you know, early 20-year-olds. What do they do? They travel? No, they're, like, gymnasts. But they do all these TikToks and oh. stuff. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm not on TikTok. Oh, yeah. But no, they they have Instagram and stuff. They're like gymnasts and they do all these dances and oh, splits right. and flips and things like that. Right. Okay. Yes, very popular. Clearly. <laughs> all right. What has got your attention this week? So I just have one question for you, Alicia. Did you cry last week when you saw the new Qantas ad? I did. And... I didn't expect to, but gosh, of course I did. Of course I did. So for those of you who don't know, we'll pop the link to the ad in the show notes, but Qantas has released a new ad that promotes getting a COVID-19 vaccine and it tugs at the heartstrings for all of us who want to travel again. It features some Australians who have been separated from loved ones overseas with scenes of what the future might offer when vaccination rates are high enough. A dad going to see his daughter, a family going to Disneyland and a couple heading to their wedding in Singapore. Set to the Tones and I song, Fly Away, the spot is part of the airline's Be Rewarded campaign, which offers discounts and incentives to vaccinated customers, which is apparently very controversial. I thought that ad was great. It really brought some emotion into it. 
something that the vaccination ads from the Australian government is really, really lacking. What I think was funny is that when I watched this, I had already cried that day. Oh, <laughs> we're not even in lockdown. And we're not even in lockdown, but just the weight of everything. So I, I was on a run in the morning and I was listening to Mamma Mia Out Loud, which is generally quite an upbeat lifting podcast Mm. but they were talking about the Aussie team that rescued a group of people from Afghanistan and they were telling telling a little bit about the story and when they said the words that they're safe and they were here I just I just lost it (laughs) started crying and then I watched the Qantas ad and it was just all over again (laughs) but I think um what did you think of the ad and do you think that it's just because we're all very emotional right now or do you think the ad was that good I just don't think – I think we're all thinking it. We're all feeling this, what this ad portrayed, but we hadn't seen it. Mm. And yeah, I think we know how important emotion is in creating cut-through and and get it grabbing attention. And I think Qantas could just see that it was needed in the vaccination rollout campaign um, across Australia, like what the government were doing – just what are they doing with their with their vaccination ads? I know. So I just think that there was no surprise to me that Alan Joyce got behind, you know, because this is obviously affects him. The, yeah. the, the sooner we open up, the sooner the Qantas starts making money again. So on that, uh, apparently they reported a $1.7 billion loss for the 2021 financial year. Yeah, I'm not surprised. And, you know, I've seen those that vision of all the, all the planes like grounded. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently it was made on a shoestring budget. Really? Um, with Qantas employees. They're all Qantas employees. So, yeah, the, um, the co-writer and creative director, Chapel said, uh, what we did was essentially find a way to say what everyone was feeling in 90 seconds. Yeah. And then Whiteman, who was the co-writer and director, says, the campaign acknowledges the persuasive feeling about missing loved ones and the pent-up desire to travel, explore and connect. At first when I saw it, I... Um, I actually did think, oh, is this too soon? Like, literally, Australia is – our numbers – like, last week, the numbers in Sydney were just climbing and climbing. We're up into the thousands. Mm. And then this ad got, you know, got launched with us get jumping on planes and going international. And I just thought, we can't even go across borders. Yeah. We can't even go across the next state. Are we yeah. expected that we're going to be able to go to Singapore and come back? Yeah. Like, yeah, they might <laughs> let us go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> But, yeah, get back in. So I did think my first thought was, is this too soon? And also, like, is this ever going to happen? I think that's what everyone was sort of, like, feeling and why it was so upsetting as well. But it is is good to see that Qantas is looking to the brighter days. And I think you have to because what else – why do we want – why would we want to focus on now? Yeah. And it is – and there is a pathway out – and that is a vaccination, hence this campaign. Yeah, and I, I think that was interesting that they chose to include the vaccination into the ad because they could have easily done this ad about what the future's going to look like, but they didn't necessarily have to add the vaccination element into it, but they did. I think I think this is why, um, for Qantas, me too, agree, um, and I actually was surprised when I saw that, mm. but I think it showed me that they are putting weight behind the vaccination campaign. Mm. Like, They're I, a big enough brand to do that. 
I know, and they are putting. They are literally like they could have made it completely about Qantas and how we're going to hold your hands through like coming out of this and mm. things. But they're like, no, no, we have to get vaccinated. Yeah, to do this, to do this. Yeah, like it's not going to happen if you don't. I liked that they did, and I it is a bit. You know, it's just so. We have to actually show people getting needles in their arm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's just a classic case of we have to literally like, you know, are we that dumb that we need to actually see someone like couldn't you could just have someone like say, I just got my vaccine or something, but it had all these different types of people yeah. literally sitting there with their arms with rolled their like arms yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's advertising. Yeah, I'm curious, um, for you, Alicia. Do you think it brings up emotion for those of us who had international travel plans on the cards pre-COVID? Who didn't? Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like everybody at least had some kind of aspiration to go somewhere. Correct. Like that's true. 24 months. Yeah. Where were you going? <laughs> I was going to see my brother and his girlfriend yeah, in course. London. Yeah. And it was def- last year was the year because it was... It was just the year that um, my kids were old enough and I had even discussed whether or not I'd take them or whether or not I have a just go by myself. But, mm. yeah, I just missed that. I missed it. And Yeah. Um, you feel like you missed my, a window. Yeah, yeah. I feel like mm. I'm kicking myself that I didn't go before that. But, but I think yeah, everybody is. Of course, yeah. We had actually um, <laughs> bought – we didn't buy tickets, but we were going to buy tickets and Chris's mum was turning 50. Oh, that's right. And so – I think it, she must have been turned 50 in April. So we obviously, this all happened kind of March. Yes. So we were like, this was our plan for your book because we're going to take it to um, to Europe for her birthday. Yeah. This was our plan. I'm like, I'm sorry, but we can't take you. <laughs> I mean, I we're, we're very privileged with all of our families here. So it's not like we're separated from family. Oh, and that's the hard thing. And that, yeah, there I can't is, imagine. Yeah, there is yeah. so many families I've just spoken to that are just like, especially those that have little kids and they're like their mum and dad oh. or the, you know, people like school parents or whatever and their mum and dad are overseas and the fact that there's just years rolling on rolling by without them being able to see their grandkids and things and that's just like yeah there's just so many sad stories um and it's just getting I think last year they could cope you know it's a year Mm. but now it's getting to the end of the second year yeah and with no end in sight really Mm -hmm. like discussions about 70% vaccination opening up and things but it feels far away. It does feel really far away. I, I also, I think there was a lot of talk about the Qantas ad and if Qantas should have weighed in on vaccinations and, you know, making sure that I think about, they said, giving the incentives for vaccinations and, and things like that. But I also don't think that this is also the most pressing. I mean, yes, COVID's pressing, but also like climate change and other international issues going on. And I feel like it's a very privileged position to be in to be vaccinated to have the ability to be vaccinated let alone travel internationally at this point mm. so i think that's also something like yes it is big a big debate but it's very privileged to get a vax it's also very very privileged to then go and in, travel internationally mm. so globally you mean yeah just to say this yeah like i just i think that there's so many other issues as well that also need our attention yeah, interesting. I think, yeah, they've definitely got a more of an Australian focus with this campaign. Mm, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Who else is going to see this and who else is going to say, well, I will when they, when I'm it's available for yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right, what's got my attention this week is something that's highlighted um, something difficult for us marketers. Jade, our industry loves to make it difficult for us and even trickier for those studying it as there's no rule book for marketers. 
especially in 2021 with what we just discussed. Mm-hmm. I want to discuss this debate around targeting exclusive segments and mass marketing. What's the balance and how has it shifted in 2021? One size fits all is, like so last year, people want greater choice. People want to see reality. People want variety. I'll be referencing an article in Marketing Week. Boots brand refresh shows big brands needs targeting as well as mass marketing. It says, marketers once looked to target a specific segment and ignore the rest of the market. Crafting position statements that alienated as much as they resonated. Now a new generation of marketers targeting and embraces the mass with the kind of positioning that opens the door to essentially everybody and anybody all the time. Jade, what do you think? Interesting. I don't know if I agree. I think it depends on the type of product or service you're selling because if you're a Boots or say a Qantas, what we just talked about, you're pretty much selling to everyone. Everyone that goes to a chemist or everyone that mm. travels. It's pretty it's it is pretty mass. Your audience is mass. Massive. <laughs> it's big, right? <laughs> but if you're selling nappies, you're only ever talking to people with kids and then probably nine, maybe seven to nine times out of ten, that's a woman too. So then your your audience is smaller and smaller again. So that's my only concern. I, I do agree if you're a Boots, yes, that's, that's the way to go. But if you're someone else, I'm not sure. So let's look at the Boots campaign. Um, it says, the new Boots campaign is demonstrably aimed at the whole of the UK. There are no target segments here. No pretty segment portraits or specific slicing and dicing of identities. This is Boots talking to every British person because of the size and scale of the brand mean that the sophisticated part of the sophisticated mass marketing campaign is almost completely redundant. Everyone shops at Boots, which is a pharmacy. Therefore, the new brand campaign must speak to everyone. Boots marketing also demonstrates the cliche of traditional media belong, mass branding work and digital for the targeted, and performance activation stuff is also nonsensical binary. So this actually just like makes me roll my eyes because... We've taught uni for so many years, Jade. Mm. Um, and in there, it's all about how to segment the market. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny that a campaign has like, caught my attention that is talking to everybody. And and this is something that I would never have taught at no uni. Um, because if you talk to everybody, what do we say? You're talking to nobody. Totally. So that is what we drum into our kids. And then therefore, and I come across this article where it's talking about how there is a there is a, a part to play with mass marketing in the traditional sense, which what mm. is what they've done. Look, I think it's a cop-out way for a marketer. Yeah. I, I still think if your communication is too broad and targeting everyone, I feel like then it doesn't resonate with anyone. Totally. Because you have to... It has to be so much more generic to reach everybody. Does that make sense? Like with the messaging? 100%. Yeah. And like I think they tried to do this to be – and obviously look, all the PR around it, look at this, like is is that we are being edgy. Mm. But like we have to get back to basics. Edgy with or our lazy? Mu- <laughs> yeah, but, you know, that's what the thing. I think I think we've got to get back to basics with like how to create the best cut through and – I just don't think you can use a term like inclusive marketing <laughs> to then label something that's actually really just doing one ad for all these markets where we know really you need 
say, six different ad campaigns, targeting different time slots, targeting all, you know, how much more work there is involved to do the segmented marketing that we all do all the time. Mm. And this guy, these guys have just done inclusive marketing campaign, which is to everybody, um, embracing diversity and embracing ages and all these things. So I don't know. I don't think I agree either. Yeah, I think um, Jesse Stevens from Mamma Mia wrote a really good, uh, said a really good description about marketing and that you marketing, you aim to make someone feel something in order for them to do something. And I feel like if you're speaking to a mass audience, it's a lot harder to make all of those people feel something, right? And so that if they don't feel anything, they're less likely to do something. So... That's that's where I'm worried that it's that it's not working. I think this campaign was trying to break down stereotypes. Yeah. In every uh, in every way. Yeah, yeah. And you can definitely tell that by the type of ad and we'll put that ad in the show notes. Yeah. So you can definitely tell that they're trying to do that with the ad too. But I I just feel like it even to me if I saw that it totally. it wouldn't resonate with me and I would be a tiger market part of the tiger market. <sighs> All right, this is what it's saying. For marketers the message is that you still need to segment markets when appropriate to serve efficient, effective product activations that resonate and return on the short-term investment. You need lots of these campaigns, exactly what you and I were talking about, Jade. Mm -hmm. But you also need to embrace sophisticated mass marketing for the overall overhead brand bombing that builds the top funnel and sets up the more targeting targeting for fast and more effective success. Brand bombing. We all have money for brand bombing. Let's do some brand bombing. Oh, my God. That just is such a waste of money. This is where you can't. You can't always learn from the big brands because unfortunately not everyone has their resources. If we all had the money that Boots have, sure, we would do all of our targeted stuff and then just do some mass stuff on brand top of bombing. that. Some brand bombing. No one <laughs> no one else has the money for that. No. Unfortunately. Gosh, I wish we had enough money just to do some brand bombing. Brand bombing is almost like, what do we used to say? Spray and pray. Spray and pray, yeah. Um, set and forget. Yeah. Uh, if we had an office, we were in the same office every time. These words would be on our wall. Yeah, <laughs> probably can't do it at our at our collab place. No. <laughs> uh. We've decided to change up the second half of the podcast, and we're going to get vulnerable on you. <laughs> We've heard that listeners have liked us talking about a little bit more about ourselves, and um, so we are going to ask each other a question that is supposed to spark vulnerability. <laughs> so here we go. Wish us luck. What is the scariest thing you've ever done? Are you asking me? Damn it, do I have to answer first? <laughs> two things come to mind. Can I name two things? Mm-hmm. Um, or they're, and they're, they were both on the same trip, actually. When we went, I'm really afraid of heights. So when we went to, um, oh, yeah, no, I know the scariest thing I've ever done. <laughs> that's true one is when we were in um the states and we, we drove from la to vegas and we went on there was like a random like place on the way and it had like a roller coaster and like back in the day it was like one of the highest roller coasters it and i went on this roller coaster not thinking much of it and it was the, honestly one of the scariest rides of it like it was so old and it was so high and Literally, we got a photo. You know, you get the photos. And I'm literally like, my whole face is like, I looked scared. It was so bad. <laughs> um, that, And I didn't think it was going to be that scary. You know, you go on the roller coaster, you're like, yeah, whatever. That was definitely one. 
And then my other one was when, so I'm really, really scared of heights and we went to stay in Marina Bay Sands in Singapore. These both involved travel, actually, funnily enough. But um, you know how that's got the rooftop pool? That's like an infinity pool. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I felt a bit uncomfortable going going up the top. And then Chris was like, oh, we'll just go over to the edge. And I've started to walk over to the edge and I've just started crying because yeah, it was that so that traumatic for me. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was the scariest thing I've ever done. I, I don't know why I don't trust my instincts. Like I knew I didn't mm. feel comfortable mm. and I should just go, yeah, that's not for me. Mm. Uh, but I know that now. Mm. <laughs> oh, I forgot I was afraid of heights. Yeah. Like, you, you don't, don't remember. Until you, yeah. And then until you're actually in the situation, like, oh, God, I'm yeah. like, yeah. Yep. That happened yes. when I was um, uh, under, I feel like we're now telling all our travel stories. Yeah. <laughs> but Isn't I was it weird? Co- well, I guess travels when you put yourself in different situations. situations. Yeah. Yeah, same thing And you, um, when I went to climb the Eiffel Tower. Right. And I had all these people, like, behind me. So, you know, you kind of can't back out. And I'm, like, halfway up the Eiffel Tower, like, oh, my God, I don't think I can do this late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like shaking and sweating and oh my yeah, god. I know. So we're both get up heights. Yeah. Was that the scariest thing you've ever done? Um no. Um I think in like in terms of like not as not as specific like, you know, minute, scary minute, mm-hmm. but more of like a looking at my larger life, I guess. The scariest thing I did was um, moving away, like going and living in New York, yeah. only because there was so much unknown. And you were so brave doing that on your own. Well, I think I just had to like. I, I remember getting a lot of anxiety in the build up to it because so many people questioned me, like, why would I? Why would I? I was working at an ad agency, had a really, you know, really awesome job with bosses that supported me so much, loved all my clients, and I pretty much had to sit down and say, like, I'm going for six months, and mm. I would hope you keep my job, but I completely understand if you can't. And now I look back at that and I shouldn't have even worried so much about it. But I, I just had built up, you know, five, six years at that agency and loved it. And um, then not only that, but just going by myself at 26 and, yeah, literally just um, I've never travelled by myself anywhere. And that's why I had to do it because I never had. Mm, yeah. And, um, yeah, left um, everything behind pretty much just to give – that a go and I think that was probably I do remember that in the lead up I had a long like I don't usually get anxiety and I was very strict like and the funny thing was as soon as I got there it just went away but it was like just Mm. making all the decisions to get there and had to keep putting one foot in front of the other to make sure that I did um yeah was definitely one of the biggest things I've done by myself and proud that I did it. I was just going to say, it's something you would do again, right? Oh, totally, totally. And I told yeah. – and anyone that asked me since, so many people then also said, I've always dreamt of doing something like that. What do you mm. think? I just just keep going. Go for it. Go yeah, for it. Like, yeah, Don't stop until you get it kind of thing yeah. because it was definitely the best thing I did. Yeah. That roller coaster wasn't the best thing I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we please see the photo? You have to dig it out. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> I'll try to find it. Yeah. <laughs> that covers it for this week. Make sure you leave us a review or follow us on Instagram at Marketing That Matters Pod. We love to chat. Thanks for listening to Marketing That Matters. Marketing That Matters.